0: You know, there is a, a pressure that comes with these sorts of things. Uh, 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 man, we've got to get it right. And, and, and obviously, names matter. You know, if the name of Jesus has that power, then, then there's something powerful about your name, right? And we've been talking about this this plan that we've been working on for months and, and, and processing through and working at. It. And i got to be honest with you, naming a church is really hard, because you just kind of sit and throw balls at the wall, and you're like, I mean, there's so many options. And we put some teasers out on Facebook, and, and I got to be honest, I'm really glad some of you weren't in there, because y'all came up with some really weird names, like Church of the Gnome. I just want to, I don't even know what that means, but I uh, there's Church of the Epitome, lots of weird ones. But the bottom line is this, I said this a few weeks ago, what makes a church name great isn't putting the right series of words together in order to make it sound really cool or to be really trendy. It's not to try to identify some secret sauce and words and advertising and branding that's going to make us just really stand out. What makes a church name great is a great church, a great body of believers. that is going to, that lives out the call of God on, the, on their lives to, to be who God's called them to be and do what God's called them to do. And so any church name that you're like, oh, that's a cool name, it's not the name that you're connecting to, it's the work of the ministry that has taken place there for, for, for years or, or moments that you go, man, I identify with that, and that's why that is all of a sudden a cool name or a good name. And so for us, we... kind of stepped back and went, hey, we've got to, let's think about this, not through what, you know, what series of words fits good for branding. You know, I've wanted to, Grace Chapel Fairview is the longest email I've ever had. Gracechapel.net was great, but gracechapelfairview.net, every single time it comes up, is just excessive. And so I wanted to shorten the name. We didn't accomplish that. We didn't do this in an effort to be, be cool or hip or, or on trend or whatever, because that's gonna come and go, y'all. All this stuff comes and goes. The bottom line is we needed a name that was, that was rooted in the word of God and that was on vision and mission with what God's called this body of believers to do and be about. And so, you know, I could just say the name, but that'd be too easy. So, we've had an incredible group of of creative people, creative minds. You guys know that the first person filled with the Holy Spirit was somebody that was a creator. So, creators filled with the Holy Spirit got in a room and they're way more cooler than I am and they put together a video that's going to tell us our new name. Is everybody ready to see that video this morning? Let's run it, guys. We will see the church unleashed in a way that we've never thought of before. And people will encounter the love of God and people will experience transformation and lives will be changed forever. And that is what I want to see the church look like.
1: Jesus said where two or more are gathered, he is there. Jesus is here. Let me tell you what that looks like. It looks like families together. It looks like worship, anytime, place, over and over again.
0: It looks like people with different backgrounds and different stories, all united under the same cause, by the same blood. It looks like one,
1: because Jesus, is here. Let me tell you what that sounds like. It sounds like children's laughter. It sounds like the saints'
0: victorious roar. It sounds like truth.
1: It sounds like prayer of the intercessors, interceding for their brothers. It sounds like shouts of joy in the presence of our Father. It sounds like church because Jesus is here. Let me tell you what that feels like. It feels like being raised from the dead and walking in a newness of life. It feels like celebration because we all have a place to belong.
0: It feels like longing for the day when we finally see him face to face. It feels like tears wiped away and Holy Spirit
1: power to live for our Savior. And that's an abundant life. It feels like home
0: because Jesus is here. We remember where we've come from as a testimony of God's goodness. And we press on knowing that the best is yet to come. We worship boldly and live generously so that God may be glorified
1: and the world may be saved. We bear each other's burdens knowing that God carries them all. For it is in him that we live and move and have our being. We do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with our God.
0: We are light in the darkness not only to win this city, but to change the world. Though the name may change, the church remains. It looks like one, it sounds like church, and it feels like home. To one church home. So as we have set out to do this, as we've we looked into it, these words have have massive meaning, have massive intentionality behind them, and and it's not just something that we went well. What are three words that kind of sound cool together or work? We we dug into the scriptures, we looked at what matters, and we said, hey. What is the, what's the vision of who we are? You'll see this around from time to time now, this, that this is our, our vision, our calling and our heritage because, because we've looked at it and we've gone, hey, this is what identifies us. But, but when we look at vision, you know, if you see something in the scriptures once, you should heed it. You should listen to it. If you hear it twice, you should really lean into it. But the idea that the church should be without division and and focused and have one agenda, that it should be unified together is referenced 65 times in the New Testament. Beloved, that's something that should get our attention and it's something that we said, hey, we wanna be rooted in that and that alone, that we here at One Church Home are gonna have a singular focus and his name is Jesus. We're not in this to... Be the best coffee house, the best event center. We are amateur uh, donut distributors, but aside from that, we're focused on Jesus. We're going to preach his name. We're going to preach this word. We're going to teach it. We're going to proclaim it. We're going to focus on it. Like That's all we have. And so our, our focus, be it the littlest ones or the eldest ones, be it, be it in here or out in a wherever, whatever, our focus is all about one thing. There is no room for, for, for other agendas, for other purposes. We're not going to use this to do that or do that or blend in. We're focused and we're going to so scream it from the rooftops. This is who we are. We're for him, about him, and we're all in for him. And so we have one singular intention and focus. This is repeated time and time again in the scriptures. Let me read you a few. First Peter three eight says, "Finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another. Love as brothers. Be tenderhearted. Be courteous. Not returning evil for evil or reviling for b- reviling, but on the contrary, blessing, knowing that you were called to this, that you might inherit a blessing." You see, unity and, 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 and oneness is directly connected to a blessing from God. Philippians 2, 1 and 2 says, Therefore, if, any, if there is any consolation in Christ, any comfort in love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by what? Being like-minded, having the same love and being of one accord and one mind. 1 Corinthians 1.10 says, Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and the same judgment. And 1 Corinthians 12, uh, 12 and 13 says, For as the body is one. And has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also in Christ. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jew or Greek, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. You see, this seems to be a lost idea in in church climates. We seem to get divided at every turn, fractured around silly non-essentials. We want to lean into a clear biblical expectation here and say, hey, we're not going to focus. This is a, you know, I've heard Steve say this for years. We're not going to focus on the carpet color or in this case, the diaper color on our floor. We're not going to focus. We're not going to get hung up on, on, on how things, you know, the, these are non-essentials. What color is the rug on the stage? I couldn't tell you if I wasn't staring at it. But what matters is that we are focused on one Thing and one thing alone, and his name is Jesus. And so we're gonna talk about him, we're gonna be about him, we're gonna live for him, and we're gonna be all about that and that alone. And when it comes to, to, to divisions and fractions, we're gonna we're gonna join together so that we can focus on what matters. So then why church? Well, in an era where church is seemingly becoming more and more gray and disguised blending in with the world we feel it's important to have that word in our name because it's our calling it's who we are and we don't feel like for one second we're supposed to shrink back and and hide who we are in fact in this world now we believe we need to say more more boldly than ever that we are the church of the Lord Jesus and we're here to make a difference You know, I'm not, I'm not ragging on any churches. I'm just saying I didn't want, you know, a good email is just, you know, one word. But I needed to say we are the church. Because the church, according to the scriptures, is not an assembly group. It's not a, a social club. It is the ecclesia, the called out ones. The biblical ecclesia, the church, is a body of people, not so much a, a, a assembling because they chose to come together, or it's convenient to come together, or it's socially, you know, nice to come together. But they were assembling because God had called them to Himself, out and up, not assembling to share their own thoughts and opinions, but to listen for the very voice of God Himself. And in today's world, we want to proclaim that we are the church, the called out ones of God. In Malachi 3, the word ecclesia is used, and it's fascinating to me how this, how this shows a picture of, of when, when we look at the world in contrast with the church, the ecclesia, the called out ones, what happens? In Malachi 3, in verse 13 and 18, it says, your words have been harsh against me, says the Lord. Yet you say, what have we spoken against you? You have said it is useless to serve God. And what profit is there to keep his ordinance? And that we've all walked as mourners before the Lord of hosts. So now we call the proud blessed. For those who do wicked are raised up. They even tempt God and go free. And here's the ecclesia. Then those who feared God those who feared the Lord spoke to one another and the Lord listened and heard them. And so a book of remembrance was written before him, God, and those who feared the Lord and who meditate on his name. They shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts. And on the day that I make them my jewels, I will spare them as the man spares his own son who serves him. Then you shall again discern between, you can see clearly now, between the righteous and the wicked, between one who serves God and one who does not serve him. So the word of the Lord is speaking to the people, saying that there has been murmuring, lies, doubt, calling God a liar, disrespecting, dishonoring, defaming his name. Does that sound familiar to anybody? So what is needed, there's there's an ecclesia needed, a called out ones, ones that are different. They show up in verse 16 and it says, they feared God and they thought on his name and they gathered together and fellowshiped with one another and a book of remembrance was written before the Lord. God sees those who are willing to stand up boldly in the face of deceivers and deception and, and be and live different. And it's not just that, but when the church is called out and we start to live differently and we start to not be afraid of who we are, but proclaim who we are, and we start to live loud for the sake of the gospel and the kingdom to come touch earth, then all of a sudden there's this this blessing attached. What does it say? They shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts. So he gives us an identity. And I will spare them. See, he gives us protection. And then I will give you the ability to discern between right and wrong, between real and fake. You see, beloved, there is a need today that the church needs to stand up, be loud, talk about the truth and the truth alone We need to know this book. We need to talk about our king. We need to show the world what he looks like by living in community together. And when he does, when we do, there is a promise that that all of a sudden, as we live as the called out ones of God, that we get to, to trust in the fact that he's given us an identity, he's given us protection, and he gives us the ability to see clearly in times of disillusionment. You see, that's the promise of being the called out ones of God. So we're going to stand tall and proclaim that we are the church. So why home? You know, as we took off and we came over here to Fairview, we kind of left like the best situation possible. We were at the church that we, we came back to, to Nashville to be a part of Grace Chapel. When my, my wife and I moved, we moved to Birmingham to leave in cleve, and it was awesome, and we lived in a basement and had a really cheap apartment, and we found one another. We found our calling. We found our purpose, but, but when we started to have babies, we realized, man, we want to go home. Yes, because our parents are there, but also because the body of Christ that we see most clearly representing, like that, that's, that's where we wanted to be. So we, people leave, you know, they, they go all over the country for schools and they go all the over the country for jobs. But we said, why not move back up to Nashville to be a part of this body of Christ? No intent. Y'all, I had no idea I was ever going to work for Grace Chapel. That, that was like, to me, the, the I mean, that was like too, it was too big to even fathom. We came back and we just started serving, we started sitting, we started so soaking it in, we started our family, and all of a sudden we got on staff and, and we found our home in the church. I got raised up there, I, I didn't just show up one day and go, man, you know what, I'm just, I just feel like I've got all the stuff to be a pastor. They saw stuff in me, Steve saw stuff in me, I didn't see in myself, but they started developing us and doing and. And so all of a sudden, fast forward 12, 13 years, we had just, you know, we had lived in Williamsport and then to Spring Hill. This wasn't a feeling of Spring Hill, but finally we got to Franklin and we just thought, like, we had arrived. I was preaching in the pulpit some. We had a thriving ministry. And then all of a sudden they go, hey, we're gonna plant a church in Fairview. Like, but I just moved to Franklin. But we felt called So we sold our home, and we bought a new home, and we started a church here, and it was an incredible, overwhelming, couldn't believe it, out-of-this-world experience, and five months later, Miss Rona showed up, and so you have this moment where where you're going and and things are happening and things are exciting and things are incredible, and then all of a sudden, it's like the rug is pulled out from the bottom of your feet and you're going, God, we came to Fairview. We can't meet in the schools. There's nowhere to go. We have no home. There's no. I I went to every. You know, I I loved everybody. So they'd send me like rental places. I stood with every building owner, every renter, every leaser, and I just begged, "Hey, can I get in here? Can we get in here? We had this thing here where there was nothing, no options, no home. And I felt like in that moment, like God was. You know, I want to stand up here and say, but I knew, thus saith the Lord. I didn't know. I remember weeping, going, oh, God, why did we come here? Why, why did I do this? I left. I mean, it was, it was awesome. I had everything. I mean, it was, and I'm here now, and what? And God just said, home. And I went into a staff meeting, and I locked the door, and I said, we're not coming out of this room, do we have a solution of how we can do church? Our staff sat in a little room, a little staff, and, and I think it's something to do with homes. And within a couple hours, we came out of the room with a concept where we were going to open up 10 houses, populate them with worship, uh, uh, prayer teams, greeting teams, ushering teams, parking teams, kids teams, and we were going to have the most excellent church. We were going to do it uh, 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 the best we possibly could, and we were going to do it in multiple locations all over the city. And you know what? It worked. The church spread out and went into different homes in a season where we couldn't gather. We were gathering in, in homes. Some had three and some had 85. Becca Peterson has the gift of hosting. But the reality was is that, that the church was, was gathered together again, and, it, and it, it kept us united, and we would meet house. To house, I would literally show up at one house and preach and it would be broadcast to the other house and then the next week I'd go to a different house and we'd preach the word and it would be broadcast to the other houses and it wasn't about a facility, it wasn't about a building, it was about a home. So it's a part of our history. It's also a part of our testimony. You see, home is the word. If If you just could, if I could sum up both how i felt when i was over at grace chapel when i first fell in love with the lord when i got cultivated and grown up in ministry in a dynamic environment and it just it always resonated with me there were thousands of people around and yet it always felt like home it always felt like a place where i could belong it always felt like you know you know the difference like if i come over to your house I'm not gonna have my home face on, right? Like, you don't want that. You don't want me raiding your fridge. You don't want me, you don't want me doing that. You don't want me laid up on your couch. Like, home is different. Home is that place where automatically the shoulders drop. <sighs> Breathe deep. Shoes flicked off. My mom would not appreciate that, but feet off the couch but mine are going on the couch because this is home home is this embodied thing that I always felt it's the testimony I experienced and now beloved it is the overwhelming testimony of the church back to me people constantly both from 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 the past and now present and and I know going into the future people say well man when I came here it just feels like home why because of the people, because Jesus is here. So beloved, our, our history is a history of home. Our heritage is a history, is a heritage of home. And it's part of losing your notes in the middle of a statement. Home has, again, multiple meanings. It's it's history. It's how you feel, but it has a double meaning, right? Because because there's something about the call of God on the church that that we need to reflect our real home. You see, this is not a place that we're gonna be in forever. I will not always be the pastor of one church home. Like, it's guaranteed 100% that I'm not getting out of here here, because why? Someday I'm going home. We're all going home. and in fact, we have been called to be ambassadors here on Earth, Second Corinthians 5:20 20 and 21. Now, then we are ambassadors for Christ Jesus, the, as though God were pleading uh, through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God, for He made him who knew no sin to be for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Beloved, an ambassador does not come to a land and make it his forever home. An ambassador goes to a land to represent the homeland, and someday he's going to leave. He's there for a temporary assignment, for a temporary purpose, for a temporary amount of time, for the intentionality of securing the the. The, the, the endeavors of the homeland and to represent the homeland well. And so this church, our church, is, is not going to be, this is not, we're not, I'm not getting married to, to, to the way this all looks up here. I'm not getting married to facilities. I'm not getting married to, to, to slogans and stuff like that. We're here, desperately committed to be focused on one thing, to, to focus on Jesus and proclaiming his truth to be the called out ones of God, to, to be the church and to live and welcome people and invite people to a place they can call home here and forevermore. So church, we have much to do. And we have much to celebrate because we don't come from a, you know, it's, It's different to start a church from scratch and have a new beginning. It's another thing to have a solid rock foundation of a church to build from. One of the most important things for me on this day was to be about honor. I think we've lost sight of that in the church. And so this house, one church home, is committed to being about honor. 1 Timothy 5.17 says, to the elders among you that have done well in leading, don't be afraid to give double honor, especially those who teach the word. <clears throat> it is massively important for me is the first act of One Church Home to honor Steve Berger. what do you get, Steve? I <laughs> thinking about stuff and Destiny and I are still working on getting a pair of shoes to add to this, but for the man who spoke the words of life to me, words only seemed appropriate. So we wrote a proclamation of honor to Stephen E. Berger. And today... On this 22nd day of May, in the year of our Lord, 2022, one church home honors the legacy and impact of Stephen Berger. Follower of Christ, beloved pastor, leader, mentor, church planter, and friend. Let it be known that when the Lord called Steve Berger to the ministry more than 30 years ago, he anointed a giant in the faith whose name is worthy of being listed with the likes of Edwards, Spurgeon, and Witherspoon. Like these men, Steve has passion for God and a boldness in proclaiming his word that will not be quenched. His resolve to bring glory to the king has changed for the good the lives of many and one for Christ, the souls of countless more. We commend the radical obedience that makes Steve's life and has marked each of us in turn. His cross-country move to plant Grace Chapel in Leapers Fork was the inception of 26 years of thriving, spirit-filled ministry in our community. Through Steve's courageous preaching, wise leadership, and resolute subservience to the Lord, Grace Chapel became known as a church on mission for the kingdom. From the body of believers was birthed many more in Knoxville, Navajoa, and Fairview. As Grace Chapel Fairview marks this occasion of becoming one church home, we acknowledge that our existence is the joyful consequence of Steve Berger's willing submission to the call of God. Because Steve has lived a life of strength and faithfulness in the face of trial and hardship, we were able to stand in the resilience in the face of a global pandemic to serve the Lord because Steve has shown steadfastness to the Lord's call in his life no matter the worldly success he's had, we are able to stay the course of the calling to preach the gospel and to make disciples. Even as we may embark upon new vistas as one church home, because Steve said yes to the Lord all those years ago, we too can say yes in everything that's asked of us today. Be it established that Steve Berger's ministry has transcended the walls of local church his incessive Bible exposition has reached through God's provision the inner corridors of government. Steve is committed to seeing the lives of government leaders saved for the, and changed by Jesus Christ, and his ministry of repentance and courageous faith is making disciples of those whom God has entrusted the future of our nation. One Church Home praises Steve Berger's relentless love for the hurting, oppressed, and impoverished across the globe. His profound obedience has taken him to some of the furthest corners of the world to serve, help, and save the lost. Steve has brokered peace in war-torn countries and has been a faithful and generous and loving friend to Israel and has brought God's healing to the broken, his word to the burdened, and his sustenance to the poor, and his hope to the persecuted. With glad and grateful hearts, one church home affirms the tremendous influence of Steve Berger for the kingdom. And we honor him as only as fitting one so sincerely faithful and mighty and impactful. It is because of Steve's enduring commitment to do every good work God has set before him, no matter how hard, that we too take courage, are brave, and set forth to do the good works of God. Steve Berger... We love you. So when we say something, we speak the truth. But when other people see it and they affirm it, you know it's true. Our senator caught wind of this. And on Monday, May 16th, this was submitted as congressional record to be sealed in the halls of American history forever. of what you've done that we're able to do what we're doing. I love you. I've got a bunch of copies of all that. I'll give it to you here in a minute. But I love you forever. Thank you. I don't know what you're going to do with that. (laughs) Just put it over there. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. you. And so Steve and Sarah, even being on the stage, and you realize, you go, "God's done this before, y'all. He's built a church. He's, he's seen it move. It's, it's moved mountains. Like we're not singing that song today because we're questioning or wondering, is it possible?" He's already doing it. And so as as one church home, we wanna end today by proclaiming that we've seen you move, now do it again, oh God. As we live a life of of purpose, of focus, as we commit to, to being the church, and as we represent a place called home, as we live a life of honor, we will do things that we never could have imagined. Amen? Amen? Let's stand and proclaim the truth one more time as we wrap the day up. God. Bless one church home.